This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. Welcome back to The Pilot's Pandemic podcast. What is up, my dudes? It's 2023, baby. (laughs) Hello. Jordan year, Jordan year, Jordan year, Jordan year, Jordan year, Jordan year. Happy 2023. I'm 23 in 2023. Take that. Ooh. So it really is your Jordan year. No, it like truly is. Fuck yeah. I mean, like that's pretty special. I was talking to my friend the other day. I was like, our kids are never going to forget like how old we are because we're always the same age as the year pretty much. That's actually wild. I didn't even think about that. Because you're mm-hmm. 99, so you turned one in 2000? One, or 2000, yes, 2000. <laughs> Sorry, I skipped a whole year. <laughs> but you were still one in 2001 for, like, a little bit. Yeah, so it's, like, six months out of the year. I'm the same age as the year. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how... I was able to graduate in 2017 because I was actually very, very young for my grade. I was supposed to graduate in 2018, but my mom was like, ew, embarrassing. <laughs> now looking back, I'm like, damn, I wish I could say I graduated in 2018 because like I'm starting to get to that point where I feel old. Like at my new job, I'm listening to the kids in the background talk and they're like, yeah, I graduated in 2020. 2020 you graduated in 2020 ew emma you graduated in 2017 i graduated in 2007 that's honestly lit though like (laughs) 2007 was a great year honestly the 2000s the 2005 to 2010 actually no i'm gonna push it out 2005 to 2012 were some of the best years of music ever. I mean, we were living like we were at the height of pop culture. Everyone was good. I mean, there was a war going on. But (laughs) besides that, that was most of our childhood. Everyone was like, I mean, think about that time, y'all. Like, yeah, some things were more lit for the less good, but also a lot of things were more lit for the better, if that makes sense. It was a good year of music for sure. Those were it the really was. It was. We were just living, loving apple bottom jeans, <laughs> boots with the fur. Dude, you're ta- you're really taking me back with that. No, like for real. It was just such an iconic time. I loved. Like, I feel really grateful though. One thing I will say: the minute the ball dropped, I was like, "Damn!" Like, we really are living in the best time. Like, we kind of are living in the best time. Like right now. I guess there is really no other better time in history because like we don't know the future. So like theoretically it could be better in the future, but where we are right now is definitely better than the past. 
Are you dying are you right now? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I hate 2020. And everything that came after 2020 feels like it's been just like a massive shit show ever since. Um, 2020 was the year of rest and relaxation. What are you talking about? <laughs> I feel like 2020 was the year I probably drank the most amount of alcohol in my life, which is really saying something because I drank a lot in high school. So I think a you? lot of people like developed an addiction during 2020, like whether mm-hmm. it's alcohol, nicotine, marijuana, like we are not the same after that. No, my brain chemistry definitely changed. It's altered. It's for sure altered. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> but yes, it's 2023. Uh, um, yeah. So of course we're going to talk about like what we did for the New Year's. I'll let you go first, Maddie. I feel like your 2023 was probably way more lit than my New Year's party. But I just started session last year with my two friends her and her fiance came up and they come and celebrate new year's with us so we literally do like millennial shit like we got on the nintendo switch and played mario tennis which is (laughs) just our childhood (laughs) memories um and then we went out for one drink i actually did not get like super drunk which is kind of insane i'm proud of myself pat myself on the back i've been posting a lot of like negative alcohol memes and I think they've been helping me drink less so I've been like actively shaming myself for drinking which has helped me not drink as much um but yeah so New Year's was seriously so low-key we didn't really do too much but I did stay up till 1 a.m so you should be proud of me it your Instagram or posts are like forcing you to be like self-aware you're yes. like, oh, like I can't post about how terrible alcohol is, but also be drinking. <laughs> I mean, look inward. Like I, I literally posted one yesterday. It was like saying how if you are a pretty heavy drinker, if you drink one to or like over seven drinks a week, then you are have like a sixty percent more chance of getting dementia. I had so many people comment and be like, sad face. No, I should drink less. And I was like, I didn't post this for anyone, but for me. <laughs> Damn, honestly, that just kind of hit me. Oh, I know. Like when you see it in writing, like studies show, you're like, maybe I should uh, take like roll my drinking back just a little bit. So because of that, I am doing dry January and I've never done dry January. So I think it's like good you know, luck. a good good New Year's goal. I uh, I haven't I don't really like love drinking. I have other vices that I enjoy. Um Okay, but- somebody like <laughs> bring the old Maddie back because who the fuck is this person? Like I don't like Maddie, like are you there? Emma. <laughs> Just if I get together with Emma, I'm a whole different fucking person. <laughs> And so are you, bitch. I am. I I really am. Bro, it's like bad. Like I make bad decisions. Whenever I'm with any of my friends, I make bad fucking decisions, which is the moral of my New Year's Eve. I don't even want to talk about it, y'all. I browned out. And like, it really done hit me that like, maybe I really need to like slow down a little bit because- did I'm I just, just shame drinking. you? No, literally. But like, I'm, I'm already ashamed. I'm like, stop it. How can I 
remember, but also not remember. You know what I mean? I remember, but I don't remember. Did you go out? So Friday night, wait, New Year's was Saturday night, right? Yeah. Friday night I went out and I got a little too litty titty. Um, in my defense, I kept ordering two of each drink thinking that one of them would get given to my boyfriend. And he either was like, no, I don't want it. Or he already had a drink. And if you're paying $8 for a Corona light, you're not leaving it on the table. You're drinking it. So I did one too many, two of two. And yeah, um, I do remember when we left, we were driving over the bridge and my poor sober boyfriend was starving and we were sitting in the Wendy's line. We had already ordered and we're waiting there. And I don't know how long it was in my brain, at least 30 minutes had elapsed. We'd only probably been there for five minutes. And I seriously started freaking the fuck out. I made my boyfriend leave the Wendy's drive-thru, like go home because I started like, I don't know what it is. People talk about this. It's like the Uber ride home makes you feel so much more drunk than you actually are. And I was sitting in that Wendy's drive-thru and I started having like a panic attack. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm spinning. The car is lifting up. (laughs) We're sideways. I was having spatial disorientation to the nines. I was like, you gotta go home. I was about to throw up in my lap. Then we had like a little doggy, like a little portable doggy bowl. And I'm like, oh my God, like it's gonna happen. And finally he got out of the line. The minute we got out of the line and started driving again, and we're like heading to the apartment and like home is in sight immediately. Do not feel nauseous anymore. The spinning stops. I get home. I'm like, actually, I feel great. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know what happened just now. Sorry, babe. And he's like angry, bro. He just ordered a burger, a peppermint frosty. And I'm like, I was not having it. Um, I do feel like at some point I was going to remove my makeup, but I know I didn't, I don't remember getting in bed, but I do know that I did not throw up. So you take a win when you get the bill. Yep. Literally New Year's Eve zero Emma one. One. Fuck. Yeah. As long as you don't puke, I feel like, you know, like you kept your liquor down. You good. Like you didn't get too drunk. I felt like I was doing a good balance of like having a little bit of this and then having a little bit of that. Like I was really hydrated. I was keeping my H2O up. Like we were good. Yeah, The fucking key is water between every drink, which is literally what I did. Cause I probably, I, when I said I didn't drink a lot, I just didn't get slammed drunk to where I blacked out. I did drink like six beers. So there's that, but I had water every time between it. Cause I was like, I do not want to hang over. They just get perpetually worse the older you get. Like every year it gets worse and worse and it lasts longer and longer. So now my hangovers last probably like 48 hours almost. So Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the first day is like, I can't even function. And the second day is like, I'm so fucking tired. I still don't want to do anything, but I like force myself to do stuff. So I keep that in the back of my mind to remind me to drink my water drink your water hydrate or dehydrate baby okay we're gonna move on I didn't do anything on new year's because speaking of hangovers I was very hungover the next day um 
I was super hungover when I woke up in the morning. I may not have thrown up, but I woke up and I wanted to die. D-I-E, D-I-Y, baby. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it was not a good day for me. And then Sunday I had to work. So mm. I was like, I might as well just not even go out. But then I went out Sunday and then got drunk again. Um and tried to blame that on well I didn't go out on New Year's so I'm going out now um yeah but that was like kind of it doing better now have been considering dry January but I know I'm gonna go like a week and a half two weeks something's gonna come up like and you'll need a fucking drink that's how no, I know like, like what's gonna happen where I'm like I need a drink like now but it's not even necessarily something happening. It's always events for me, like being yes. around other people. Yep, me too. And I know that I actually, so in a couple of weeks, I have like a, it's called Fire and Ice Weekend in my hometown. They do a bunch of like ice sculptures and it's basically like a big wino event where you just walk around and do wine tasting. And I'm like, how am I going to get around that and not drink? I don't know. I will just have to power through. And I told you, like, I've never done dry January because I'm never like, oh, I should just stop drinking. So this year will be a real test and I'll let you know if I fail. But usually well, I'm very good at sticking to my goals, as you know. If you so, fail, I will not be judging you. I'll be drinking with you virtually. <laughs> I'll call you first when I break it. I'll so be like, all right, let's crack one. Hell yeah, babe. I'm like a bad influence. I don't know why. So we're going to move on to what our goals are. I didn't necessarily have a goal last year. Well, yes, I did. Um, was I, was supposed to, I was supposed to stop something that I didn't. I, I did drop it for a little bit, but then I picked it right back up. <laughs> yeah. So it I did go like really steady for a month. And I was like, oh my God, like, look at me go like, ooh, I'm better than everyone. Um. <laughs> This year, though, like I'm not even going to set a New Year's resolution that is good because we always get our expectations so high for ourselves. And then we set these like super unrealistic goals. And then we always let ourselves down, which creates like a you're disappointed at yourself. So let's stop giving us ourselves reasons to be upset with ourselves. You know what my goal for 2023 is to live it the fuck up. Yes. to party like it's what's that saying like to party like it's what 2009 1999 oh yeah yeah 69 I'm gonna party like it's 1999 the year that yeah. I came out of my mom's womb exactly yep she popped that crotch goblin out now it's yep. a good time <laughs> yep yeah well I'm opposite you because I fucking love new year's goals I am like if I set a every new year's goal for the last three years so it started with my 50 and 2020 goal where I went to 50 states in 2020 I did that then the next goal was 300 workouts in 365 days check mark on that and then last year was 33 books read 33 books in a year and I read 34 so I'm actually like really good at keeping goals for myself um, and I don't need people to encourage me or anything. I just, I don't know why I've just, I, that helps me. So this year I'm going to like get into flying, dude. Are you excited for me? 
Yes, dude. <laughs> I I swear to God, she's going from passenger princess to pilot. I feel like I'll still want to be like a passenger princess because um, you know, I've been going up with Tia. Like whenever I go to Salt Lake City, she takes me up in a series. And every time I'm like, um, I need a road soda. <laughs> <laughs> So I um, Brewski, please. <laughs> Brewski, please. So even like if I, I don't know if I'll get my PPL this year, but I definitely want to start. Um, one of my goals, like to, I want to do it in my dad's plane. So I just like drafted up a letter to the person who owns my dad's old Cessna 172 and hopefully they'll like lease it or sell it to us so that I can do all my training in his old plane. That would be honestly, that right there is this. It's the climb by Miley Cyrus, aka Hannah Montana. Like, yeah, that is some really emotional. Like, oh, what's that one song? Caterpillar in the tree. Something about my dad and me. I don't Ooh, know, but I like it. That's not how the lyrics go, but it is about you know a father and daughter relationship it is very sentimental but the minute you said that I was just imagining you flying along and that song was playing in the background oh we need the soundboard now for that no literally (laughs) it's just like a 30 second clip of Hannah Montana Hannah Montana singing that exact part of the song hell yeah Oh my yeah, God. I'm, I'm excited though. That's um, so once I, the main goal will probably be to like secure the plane in some capacity and then start my, Jesse's going to do my ground school for me and then, uh, yeah, start my, start my hours. Goal secured bag. Um, so yeah, when are you going to get your cub on track to fly um, so we can go together? <laughs> that would be like really, really great, except for the fact that I'm like broke. <laughs> I was, trying to figure out when we first moved here, I was like, oh, like, I wonder, okay, so here's the problem. I have to put it in a hanger. It's too salty here that like, I'm worried that if it were on a tie down for more than six months, like the amount of salt corrosion, like there would be holes in the fabric. I feel like, uh, you know I what I mean? Forget, it's just like, salty. Cubs are so difficult to like maintain because they're fabric. Mm-hmm. That so. and the fact that we get really bad storms, like we have hurricane mm-hmm. season. So like it has to go in a hanger, but hanger rent is not cheap and nothing is cheap in Charleston, South Carolina. So you, you think aviation going to be cheap? Oh, to hell it's not. That's for rich people around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to be broke trying to get my dad's plane. And that's all the things that Jesse and I talked about. But I was like, the one thing that I could think of to make it cheaper is to lease it to a school to use for flight training. See, the thing is like, I, if I had something that was, but I wouldn't do that. Like if I was in your position, like I could never, because I thought about like letting somebody else like going in and like, they have like a, almost like a free lease where like, you can fly the plane whenever you want with me, but we go in halves on like the hangar rent. Mm -hmm. But then I started to think about it and I was like, bro, it's so sentimental to me. And then if anything were to happen to it in the hands of another person, like I'd probably be in jail for first degree murder. (laughs) So we just, we need to go in on a hangar together since we trust each other and marriage is possible between us. So 
yeah, that we could, I we could literally know. do it. I could relive, um, oh, it's the book that Zach just got for Jesse. I made him buy it for Jesse. It's about Is it flight of passage. That yes. 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 I'd be on my flight of passage shit. Just like solo across the country to Washington in a cub in the J3 cub. But then I'd have to move there because like it wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like how that's do I get the whole back? point. I just want you to fucking move here already. <laughs> she said never that's go the back. Whole point. That can stay. I just want you to stay here. You can adopt me. Like I wonder we could just write up some, you know, some papers, like, you know, kind of like uh like a pet, like a shelter. I'll pet. just adopt you. Yeah. <laughs> It's a $125 processing fee, but that's literally so worth a lifelong best friend. Yeah, exactly. Butterfly fly away. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. Obviously, y'all came here to like listen to something other than us just like bullshitting. Um, we're going to get into some news, but first we got to talk about South Worst. Oh, I like that. South Worst. You Dude. haven't seen that? Oh no, my god. No, I haven't. And I had um damn, somebody told me the funniest Southwest joke and I totally fucking forgot it. And I was like, I'm gonna commit this joke to memory and it may pop up later. But um yeah, that meltdown they had, wowza, that cost them a lot of money. Girl, the Grinch that stole Christmas. <laughs> Did you They're- know anybody like directly affected by it? Because I didn't. No, I did not. I do not really know a lot of people that fly Southwest. Um, I know just John Ferreira. Because, I just well, don't. I, I didn't true. ask him. Yeah, I I don't know anyone personally that was affected by it, but I do know, like that was all my TikTok for you page consisted of for a straight three days. Like it was just people having vocal public meltdowns about the fact that like they can't they could not get on their flights which like valid I think it's just sad because it's like the aviation industry like airline industry as a whole has really like been gutted and just it it focuses on passenger and not the the workers and so I mean southwest they haven't updated anything they've been having their own problems we're going to talk about those problems later but it's like a culmination of things. And I'm sure this could honestly happen to any airline. It just happened to Southwest first. Um, and the passengers though, it's like, what are you going to do? There's no, there's not enough people to work. The pilots don't know where the fuck they're supposed to go. They're not even at the right place. And you're going to throw a fit. I, I actually posted a video, not realizing the person was actually flying on a guest pass, but they like ripped out a computer uh, at a customer service oh, agent's desk, threw it across. This was also in Florida, so I was not surprised. But she was on a guest pass in that, and I had she's a non-revving. Yeah, she was non-revving. Um, and I was like, dude. So you know, when you're non-revving on a guest pass, like the person who gave the guest pass out is actually the one who will get in trouble. So whoever gave her the guest pass is probably going to have their flight benefits revoked for at least a year. So we wanted to just uh, chit chat about, because I saw this on December 25th, this article from, uh, I think it was Wall Street Journal. And I thought it was interesting that they posted it on December 25th, because that's when no one fucking pays attention to anything. But it was an article about Southwest less than subpar safety record, which has been talked about a little bit in the media, but not a lot. 
And it boils down to the FAA and specifically their Dallas office. So what's going on? A Washington Post article was released on Christmas Day. Like I said, it accuses district leaders at the Dallas office of favoring Southwest Airlines and impeding safety because of it. So the title says FAA inspectors are concerned about how agency oversees Southwest Airlines. Some employees question commitment to safety of office overseeing airline FAA survey fines. Um, and I think like the most concerning thing about the headline is the the question of commitment to safety that we've seen time and time again happen within the agency. Um, and some examples, because I want to remind you guys of those examples, just in case you're like, hmm, what is that commitment to safety that you're questioning? Well, Steve Dixon was one. He was hired as an FAA administrator. He just stepped down, I think, last year. Uh, he wrongly accused Carlene Pettit of being bipolar, bipolar over her concerns of safety at Delta. And that was like huge because they just settled that this past year too. And then he, but he was prior, prior to that, he was the CEO of Delta. So then he got hired as the FAA administrator, which is kind of a conflict of interest. And then the Boeing Max crashes that happened, which killed over 300 people. And that was due to the FAA agency's inability to put Boeing in their place and knowingly allow an unsafe aircraft to be flown. And now we have Southwest. Um, and they already had a discrepancy with their loads. Like they had an excess of a thousand pound loads, which wasn't recorded, which is obviously a safety concern when you're flying as a passenger in a major airline. So I think that the reason I want to talk about this is because the FAA is so concerned about aviation safety. That's the whole point they're there, but then they are allowing airlines to kind of bypass these safety concerns and that can be troublesome so yeah I um I I believe okay so I've literally brought up TikTok so many times this episode but I'm sorry y'all like it's the holidays like what do you think I was doing on my mama's couch scrolling um I did come across a video of a southwest ground employee and he was standing like, I guess, you know, whatever in the belly of the plane. And he, he was talking about that. He was like, this is ridiculous. Like Southwest doesn't care about their pilots. They don't care about their employees. They don't care about their passengers. Look at how unsafe this is. We've been having to load this up. We're like past our maximum by like 500 pounds. And then he turned the camera and I kid you not, it was just like stacked to the ceiling, like in the luggage area, like and I've seen pictures of like what it looks like. And you know better than me because you did this. It It's like on little pallets, right? Like they go on like little pallets in like these sections. But I've never seen a picture where the bags or like boxes were stacked completely to the ceiling. Front to back, stacked to the damn ceiling. Hmm. I have loaded the F cabin totally full. But I feel like they're probably overloading because um, we never put them on pallets. It kind of, I guess it depends on the plane. But in 737, which I thought that's what all Southwest fleet is, I think you can fit upwards of 170 plus bags in the back. But then again, it's like they've been accused of lo- overloading their plane. So I totally believe the ramper that they probably were over their max load. Yeah, I don't scary. know. He was very upset about it. And I was curious when I watched that, I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if this is like a crock of shit. And then you sent me the show notes and I was kind of reading through it and I was like, whoa, okay, maybe he was 
he probably was telling the truth. Um, they fired him, obviously. His like he he had two other videos in between, and then like his most recent video was like, Yeah, they fired me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, he probably raised a safety concern, and that's the other issue is like you can't even raise a safety concern without either getting fired or being accused of maybe having a mental health concern if you're a pilot. So that's kind of where we're at with the airlines. It's wild to me too that this came out on the 25th, which was like right in the middle of the their shit storm. Um, yeah, it was like right it, in the beginning. It, it, I it like they really have had like wow, what a way to start the year off with a bang, baby. Mm-hmm. It's been crazy, um, but it's not surprising honestly because Southwest low cost carrier they haven't updated their systems. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think they just updated their baggage loading because, you know, they were forced to by the FAA. Uh, but I still obviously think like these concerns are kind of very glaring if they're supposed to be focused on safety and the Dallas office is just like letting them slide with things. So, you know, maybe don't fly Southwest. Mm. Yeah, so to give you guys some more context, I'll just like keep reading from the article. Um, about three quarters of the respondents said that the culture in the FA's Dallas area office that oversees Southwest hasn't improved in recent years. After concerns of after concerns have been raised regarding its oversight of the airline, according to an internal November survey report, which I'm like always so curious when they say like internal survey or like they're doing something like an internal investigation like do they have people like just undercover like ops like who are like there who they think are just like regular schmegular office employees real talk they just snitches yeah they're probably just like auditors and they I don't know how they do their survey reports but maybe like they send out an email and they say it's anonymous I have no idea because you know, I don't trust the FAA for shit. So I probably wouldn't even do an internal survey if I worked for them. Yeah. So it says documents show that some of the respondents questioned the office's commitment to safety. Um, the FAA in 2019 removed three senior managers at its Southwest office following a let a allegation. Why am I, why am I, I just literally short circuited. <laughs> it's okay. I got you. Allegations of lack safety enforcements by the office, which has been subject of investigations by government watchdogs and federal lawmakers, government watchdogs, AKA snitches rats. Um, I actually love a snitch on the FAA. I mean, I don't mind. Not for real. Like we we love a snitch. The big issue at the F with the FAA and most government entities is that the people they have chose to lead these organizations have their own interests at heart. Um and they're there for profit or for power. So of course like of course safety is going to get swept under the rug. Like yeah. I like we see this all the freaking time with these companies. It's just, I mean, even when it just comes down to basic decency, we saw them sweep all of everything that happened over the Christmas season swept under the rug. Some of the offers that they were giving passengers who had like paid, you know, upwards of sometimes $2,000, $3,000. Think if you're flying an entire family across the country and not even giving them accom accommodations, like, 
just little things like that. It's not shocking to read an article like this and to hear these things. Like, it just doesn't really surprise me. No, it's sad. Um, but I feel like it's not going to change unless, you know, you rebuild the foundation from the ground up and you take people out who have, you know, a conf- conflict of interest, just like they, like, I don't even know how Steve Dixon even got hired to be an FA administrator. And then he had that record, you know, when he got fired, we were like, why did he get fired? And then lo and behold, he had accused a pilot of having a mental health issue and when she did not and and over a concern of safety it's like why would you hire that person which is basically blackmail like if we're really going to take everything away from it like that is pretty much the definition of extortion and blackmail like you bring up something and somebody's gonna get like that mm, and that's how the system has worked for years and years and years and i feel like that's how the old boys club works you know you pat mine, I'll pat your back. You know, if someone gets, raises a concern, we'll sweep it under the rug. If we can't sweep it under the rug, we'll just, you know, tag them with something while they'll never be here again. And so that is kind of the concern at the Dallas office right now is that they have members, workers there that have a conflict of interest and they're doing things that directly affect safety at the airline and nobody's really paying attention um, but I wanted to go on and kind of read what the Wall Street Journal goes on to say. It says 14 of the surveys, 18 respondents said they disagreed or strongly disagreed that the office's culture has improved over the past two years. So there we go. Culture hasn't gotten any better, even though they removed people. Seven of the respondents expressed disagreement that the office was committed to aviation safety, according to the FAA survey report, which is, uh, you know, kind of concerning that they should be concerned with safety and they're not. Uh, And then some responses described a toxic culture in which FAA managers at the agency's Dallas area office don't listen to concerns raised by frontline inspectors and instead seem more interested in pleasing the airline, which is highly concerning because you're just at some point, as we know, like the Swiss cheese model will line up and there will be a problem. Um, and these people are actively sweeping those problems under the rug until a disaster happens. So, like I said, I feel like if there's that toxic culture, obviously, from it needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. And we need to stop hiring people that have a conflict of interest to those offices. Mm. It kind of just reminds me of just like it, like when we read articles like this, it honestly kind of just reminds me of like an entire metaphor of how the FAA functions just in general. You know what I mean? I feel like we're going to start seeing more and more news like this as things begin to progress. I think because there just definitely is more of an understanding industry-wide and community-wide that like there needs to be some sort of widespread change beyond air medical reform. There's so many flaws fundamentally with the way that the aviation industry is being run right now, particularly in the airlines. Um, So yeah, again, it just, it doesn't really, it's like shocking, but it's not at the same time. Yeah. But so to read on in the article, the report found that the FAA had failed to intervene and prevent Southwest from flying dozens of used planes that lacked complete documentation of inspections and repairs, and that the airline 
regularly communicated incorrect weight, luggage weight data used for takeoff and landing, which is like, and they don't care. That's the, the sad part is, is like, they, they know at some point that there could be an emergency or, or something where someone could die, but they also know that if they do get in trouble, they're just going to get a slap on the wrist. Just like Boeing got their bailout yep. even after they killed over 300 plus people and the FAA knowingly allowed that to happen. And that is what is concerning is that one entity is supposed to be in charge and say, no, this isn't right and hold them accountable. And they're not doing that. Mm. I don't know. That's just, it's, that's like that. When I read that, that was like the scariest part of this whole situation for me is like, I've been, I feel like more recently I've put myself into like a passenger's perspective just because I haven't been flying that much. And I've flown as a passenger more often than I've flown as a pilot in recent, but putting myself then again in like the pilot's shoes, like to think like, say you're having an issue during takeoff and that's all stemming from the fact that you were given the wrong data for, to calculate your distances and all of that. It's just really, really fucked up. And say, if something were to happen, like say, okay, they stalled on takeoff or something really, really simple that came down to like weight and balance you know the airline is not going to be to blame. It'll be it'll be pilot error. Pilot error. Yep. Like and I think they know that they have that advantage. But even if it was like it came down to this like internal report where it says yes, yeah, Southwest has been you know favored by the FAA, they still would be in business and just get a slap on the wrist because that's what happened to Boeing, and that is what's going to happen to airlines. They will just thwart their power because they have the money to do so. I mean, you can't take out a whole airline. That's like millions of people's jobs, you know? So yeah. they use that knowledge to their advantage. And I guess we're just like warning people that, you know, this is happening and it needs to change, obviously. But we're working towards one thing. <laughs> the FAA is doing other things. Um, it's just, it's frustrating because it, it just shines a light on, on the FAA and like our government entities. And there's a lot of, interests that they have that don't line up with public interest so. period ah period, period. Uh. with the t okay with a t moving on to our fun questions because we need a little lightheartedness for the end yes reprieve from the fucking serious shit um what was your favorite christmas gift this year Ooh, good question um Honestly, it's between my KitchenAid artisanal art, artisanal, artisanal artisanal mixer and my I got one of those like it's like the picture frame that's like digital. Um and honestly no, I that's definitely my favorite gift. Like as someone who has almost 20,000 photos in their camera roll right now, like I am highly sentimental. I love taking pictures and Framing and printing pictures is like seriously expensive. It's not really possible to have every single picture that I absolutely love printed and framed, but this little picture frame allows me to have like all those photos that are like super near and dear to my heart. And it's been awesome just to like look over there and see like, 
a picture of like Maddie and Jesse or like me and Maddie at Sun and Fun or like a picture of my dad and my uncle or like me and my dad or me flying or I even did stuff like I had taken um pictures for like my ground school and like my pre like pre-brief and like debrief um especially during my instrument rating. So like I have all these pictures of like the whiteboard with all my approaches and I even put those up there, you know, for good memories. I've got pictures of me on my first solo, me and my boo James, my flight instructor per like, I love this gift. I absolutely love it. Fuck yeah. I, you know, I'm sentimental too. I was like, you and I have about the same amount of pictures on our, our phones. I actually which is like a a literal problem half of them are selfies for emma though (laughs) honestly (laughs) i'm not even gonna lie it's like a video of me no i have so many videos in my camera roll or that are just like the phone propped up somewhere it's a video of me walking away from the phone to just see what my back profile is going to be for my outfit if i go out (laughs) I don't even do that. You are hilarious right now. I'll stand there and fake um, a conversation. 20, like I'll pretend like I'm holding a drink and like be like, blah, 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 blah. oh my God. Uh-huh. You're so ridiculous. <laughs> and just see what I look like. You're so vain. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh my God, man. I am. I am. <laughs> well, my favorite present was my bath caddy that Jesse gave me because I've been wanting one because I'm take a bath almost every day and I just want like I don't like putting all my shit on the side of the tub like I want it to be like out in front of me and also because my cat blaze always knocks the shit over if it's on the side so having a tray over the top of the tub is just like so much better and I feel like a true princess and it, I love that it came, it came with like a little doorknob sign and it says, do not disturb the queen. And I was like, this is just everything, the, the whole vibe that I wanted. So that was number one. And then number two was my planner. Cause I love my planners. I love planning. I love writing things down. I love all my colored pens. I love stickers. Um, and that my planner came with that. Um, and I don't know if you've seen it, Emma, but I got a Instagram, the brand Papier, I think it is, or Papier, P-A-P-I-E-R. You can like do customized planners. So Jesse did like a customized one for me. It's so cute. I love oh it. And it's God. pink because I love pink. Um, but yeah, so my planner and my caddy, my bath caddy. And then Jesse's like, your other present is a new mic since I've had complaints about my fucking volume, my mic volume. So I'm going to get that too but it has yeah, we're gonna be new mic'd up oh that that oh, is yeah. another gift that I got I got a new mic if you can notice um I'm sure they can tell yeah I'm like extra loud and extra annoying now <laughs> her um honestly you just reminded me why I wanted to go to Target this morning I drove to Target and I was going there to get something I walked in through the double doors and realized I have no clue why the fuck I'm here and what you just said made me realize I needed a planner and that's where I always go to get like notebooks and planners because they have like the cutest like um stationary stuff and 
yeah, I went all the way there. I ended up getting some cat stuff and then I left and you just reminded me why I drove all the way there and did not get the one thing that I freaking needed. No wonder well, I feel so I'll send light. you the Papier or whatever the brand that I got because you might want to have like a customized one. Honestly, I do kind of want to have like little little custom piece, like use our little logo and stuff and, you know, maybe Ooh. some sentimental pictures on there. I like that. Some pictures of my dead relatives to keep <laughs> me humble and to make me remember why I started this all in the first place. Dude, literally, it's like my dad on the wall next to me, then your dad, our aviation mental health article, and then my best friend. It's like, I have pictures of dead people all around. It's <laughs> to remind me why I'm living. <laughs> it's your guardian angels. Or yeah, just to remind you why you wake up in the morning. <laughs> love that. I love that. Dude, okay. Favorite astrological sign that is not your sign. I want to ask you first. Okay. Well, since I'm a Scorpio, I can't pick Scorpio and I, and I actually probably wouldn't, um, because I don't like myself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so mine, okay. It's Virgo and Leo together. Cause I've just realized like after looking at all of my friends that are really close oh, Taurus too. Um, but most of my friends that have uh, like all of their astrology signs, cause you're not just your sun sign. They have some Leo aspect to them. So I've been learning that I actually really do love a Leo, but Virgo too. Like Virgo is probably top tier, but yeah. What about okay. you? Can I, even though like, I know that my moon is in Pisces, can I still choose Pisces? Yeah, you can okay. choose Pisces. So because whenever I found out that, you know, Maddie's the astrology queen. So like she figured out what my rising and my moon and my this and my that, but Ever since I found out that my moon was in Pisces, I don't know why, but like now my algorithm just gives me like a lot of Pisces content. And I've realized that like, I very much like internally identify with like the Pisces as a sign. Like I really love the sensitivity and the creativity element. And also that they're just more of like a, um, they're like, it, a very like honestly it's like a very calming sign if if I'm like viewing it from an outsider standpoint which is how I feel like on the inside I present myself very much as a Leo like and yeah. like obviously I love being a Leo because I was thinking about this and I was like honestly I'm a Leo like why would I want to be anything else which is so Leo of me <laughs> <laughs> but the Leo is the sun the Leo gets all the attention the Leo loves attention She's but a lion. Pisces meow, meow. is empathic, very intuitive. Um, I would say the negative pi- part about a Pisces is their passive aggressiveness and the the needing to like please, like always trying to please everyone. Which and is like spot on. I'm like, sometimes I can be so passive aggressive and it's like, I don't even realize it. And I found that through my relationship where like, I will say something so rude. To, to my boyfriend and he'll be like he'll scoff a little attitude you know, I'm like what's your problem and I'm like he's like I cannot believe you just said that and I'm like said what like that's not even a big deal like come on like grow a pair and then the Leo in me is like I am the center of attention only me is allowed to have a problem with anything that anyone else says so suck it the fuck up and get the fuck over it <laughs> I have a lot of Pisces friends. My mom is also a Pisces moon. Um, and so I have just picked up on that. Like 
she has a lot of passive aggressive traits but it, I always thought it was like a Pacific Northwest thing but then when I started yeah. looking at my friend's charts I'm like oh it's just like a Pisces thing Pisces thing I don't know the only other sign that I could think honestly the intuitiveness I would say the only other sign and I would honestly say like if I had to pick another sign it would definitely be Scorpio because and not just because you're Scorpio but Scorpios are typically kind of like they're giving Leo but it's like the dark Leo like Leos are like the flower like the good girl the princess and Scorpio's giving like the villain that is just absolutely iconic you know what I mean yes it's like um ooh, it's like Maleficent versus Snow White you know what I mean like both are valid but like one's a baddie you know what I mean it's an it's a nice balance between the this the Scorpio and the Leo I love it my chair is really pissing me off I'm sorry y'all like I hear it I hope it does not come up in this episode but like you know what it it just reminded me of was the that's why we need a soundboard so people can understand our music references um okay so last question before we sign out of this bitch how many pairs of shoes do you own me not a lot like truly not a lot like I could own a lot more I wear vans every single fucking day of my life and I only have one pair of high heels and I've had them since I was like 17 they're starting to come apart but they're like a great nude pump that just goes with everything in my wardrobe I'm not a shoes girl even though I love shoes I just honestly don't really spend money on myself like that like I love makeup though I will buy a new mascara in a heartbeat (laughs) yeah you're the makeup bitch I know I really love it it's uh, like painting I love makeup but like yeah spending $30 on a fucking lipstick really gets to me so (laughs) I don't have and I always lose it so I hate that shit um I love makeup, but I won't spend money on it like you do. But Maddie, I will you're spend a shoe god. I love and shoes. your wardrobe. I'm sorry, but like seriously, per slay fucking like. Oh, you're so sweet. But uh, one thing about your sense of style, which I have to say this, is like age is truly nothing but a number because I know so many people that are your age. And like when I look at you, I see someone and like the way that I perceive you is like, I don't see an age gap. I'm like, oh, this is like my friend. This is somebody my age. Yeah. But then like, yeah. I'll meet another like 34 year old or 35 year old in passing. And they're dressed like an actual fucking kindergarten teacher who just crawled out of like the fucking ass crack of like, I don't even know the magic school bus. Like, yes. and I'm like, okay, you just age yourself by seriously, like 50 freaking years. Cause like, you're a young person. And I don't like to look at that age as like, that's getting older because as a 20 year old, like that's the next step for me. But it's so crazy to me though, how like a sense of style can really like it, it definitely bleeds into your personality and like how people perceive you because I perceive you as someone much younger because your style is like very on on the needle. You know what I mean? Needle on the I, pulse. I am more of the Gen Z style i mix like 90s 
but like I have all different kinds of looks like when I have to be classy I feel you're very classy but my regular dress is more like chill vibe like you know like a Gen Z style and I really like that because it fits my personality I think um, no, when you I, came to visit me, half of your outfits were cooler than mine. Like we went out <laughs> somewhere and I was like, this bitch is literally wearing like the sickest fucking outfit. And I'm sitting here in like Lululemon's in a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> you know, I don't even like buy anything like super expensive. I literally just go to forever 21. Um, cause I I'm, I'm a bad person. I shop at the places that have sweatshops, but like, I like this fashion there. Um, I just don't like that it doesn't last for very long that's kind of the bummer part about it but it's so fucking cheap and I like like changing up my style so yeah that's the main place I go but yeah how many shoes do you own because I know you own a lot Uh, Maddie's got a beautiful little dude them converses the I love my convies I have two pairs now I just bought my white pair I really like them too uh though like I typically just wear my converse all the time but I have a bunch of like boot like style like heels I don't know what they're called um so I would say and I have a bunch of Nikes because I work out but we have like a Nike thrift not a thrift shop but just a outlet so the Nikes are so cheap they're like $40 and under so I think I probably have like mm, 30 pairs of shoes damn (laughs) okay which is 60 individual shoes. <laughs> I don't wear them all. Um, Holy God, that just gave me anxiety. See, I've become like very minimalistic in the way of like, if I had 30 shoes, which is like all I can think of is that's 30 or 60 individual shoes would create a kind of madness inside of my bones that like you would not be friends with me. Like, yeah, I wouldn't even have a fucking friend. I'd have too much anxiety to even have a friend. Like I've gotten to that point where I'm like, just throw it out. Like I'll go through my clothing and I'm like, if I haven't worn it in the past two weeks, it's getting pitched. Like, oh, damn, I give my, I give my word of like, if I haven't worn this in the last year, then I'll throw it out. But you, you just never know what, what you might I also, wear. I think it's because I live in like a really small apartment. So like, I don't have a lot of space. And I think that makes that definitely me... helps because I have two fucking closets. So, cause we have our office closet, which I told Justin, you can just have that closet. And I'll have the walk-in closet in our bedroom. And he's, he has a lot of clothes too. Like he's really gotten into his wardrobe as well. He's worse than me, dude now with the shopping I had to stop him this month I was like you're not allowed to buy any clothes for yourself this month because last month he bought so much stuff for himself I was about to say like Jesse is a very dapper man like yeah I'm shocked that he's even okay with like taking the closet that's not in y'all's room but to be fair that bitch is always gone (laughs) exactly Oh man. Oh, what a great episode back. I love doing a back-to-back solo that makes me feel completely deranged and neurotic and makes me want to like never ever record an episode ever ever again. I love our solos. Actually, I 
like prefer to do solos than guest subs because we're our real raw vulnerable original selves see i hate it i'm like i hate it if if we did only guess the way that our audience would perceive me would be so completely different because who i am during a guest episode is not who i am on this solo like we are two completely different people like it's almost giving bipolar bpd (laughs) Big pussy, <laughs> Big pussy disorder. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? I'm literally gonna regret all of this. Y'all, I have to listen to myself talk, and it's honestly so fucking humbling to have to edit this this podcast. It has given me insecurities in ways that I never thought possible. That's on your Pisces moon. <laughs> period (laughs) all right y'all thanks for listening to this week's episode of the pilots pandemic podcast thank you for being a degenerate with us we love all our degenerate audience we just absolutely love you and if you've made it to this point in the podcast that means that if you haven't already hit the subscribe bell you're lame please subscribe comment follow like do whatever it is that's like getting us in your freaking algorithm boo and your friend's algorithm because our message shall be heard needs to be heard shall be heard um because when we're not talking about the stupid shit that we talked about today we're honestly talking about things that could change your motherfucking life so don't forget to subscribe leave us a five star or four star i won't complain about a four star i know sometimes you know like Sometimes we're not deserving of a five-star today. We're definitely giving more four-star. Um, so I won't be mad about it. Also, if you wanted to type like a cute little thing about like how much you love us, her, um, we definitely appreciate that. And like, we could even read it on the podcast. So like, shout out, shout out, shout out. Is there anything you'd like to say, Maddie? Uh, we, Emma and I are collecting what we call an affidavit. So it's a testament of what the aeromedical system to change. So if you guys are interested in telling your story and allowing me to keep it on file for congressional change, you can send me an email or send the podcast an email or send Emma and I or a DM, however you want to get in contact with us. We would really appreciate you guys involving yourselves that much farther into aeromedical reform because those testaments will help us move the needle with our congressional leaders so um, definitely give us an email or a dm and we'll make that happen yes 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 it is honestly really impactful um and i'm obviously like beyond grateful for all the signatures that we have for everyone who's used the template to send to their congressional leader but like maddie said i feel like having these really personalized and individual experiences does really move the needle it touches the heart um or pulls the heartstrings as some might say but it's it really does prove to these congressional leaders that it is truly a case-by-case basis in the sense that the way that the FAA treats each individual person is always different and always somehow equally as bad as the last person so I think it's just important to like create that, you know, compound of evidence. So if you want to be a part of that, like Maddie said, 
hit us up. You can, if it's just easiest to DM us, you can DM us and we'll send you your email. Um, does not have to be complicated, but with that, um, we will be back next week with, you know, our regularly scheduled programming. I'm not sure what we will be doing next week, if it'll be a solo or a guest episode, but we do have some fun things to talk about in 2023. So yeah, that's it for this week's episode. I can't think of anything else that I want to say. Um, Maddie, you want to say goodbye? Keep the blue side up and the brown side down. I love when you say it. Per, let's get the bill. Bye, y'all. <laughs>